Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin for... You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife, but it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, horror for the casually obsessed. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, we are doing something a little fun with an extended What's Keeping Us Creepy. We are covering Sundance Film Festival. Yeah, if you're casually obsessed with film festival movies or what new horror movies are coming out in 2022, this is essentially a bit of a sneak peek. Sundance Film Festival is the first big film festival of the year. We've watched most of the horror and genre films at Sundance uh, by the time of recording. Uh, And we're here to give you our thoughts on what's coming. Yeah, and this is horror and genre specific. So you're not going to have to sit through me gushing about how Calendar Girls was the cutest movie I watched at the film festival. Even though that's what I want to talk about is just senior ladies in unicorn costumes. We're going to talk about uh, the spooky, the weird, the strange, and the unusual. Like any film festival, we've seen a bunch of movies that haven't, at least at the time of recording, haven't found distribution, that they don't have a release date yet. We have no idea when you'll be able to see them. That could change between the time that I'm sitting here in this chair saying those words and you're listening to it in your headphones. Yeah, sometimes it's just like the film plays and then three days later it sells. Sometimes it sells two weeks later. Sometimes it sells at its third festival. Films without distribution, they put them in film festivals so the people with the money can see them. So um, there are a few, though, that have upcoming releases, one very, very soon, which is super exciting. Um, So we're going to talk about those for sure. Yeah, and first up, let's talk about Fresh. Fresh is a super fun movie, definitely one of the more silly genre films of the Sundance Festival. It's directed by Mimi Cave and written by Lauren Kahn. I don't necessarily know what to not say about this movie, because I think <laughs> it's... I, I honestly think it's a movie that's best enjoyed if you know nothing about it. That was the cornerstone of my review when I wrote it. I said, hey, guess what? I don't want you to read this review. (laughs) Like, if you want to leave and do anything else with the rest of your time, I'm fine with that. Uh, Just put this movie on your watch list and check it out. But, I mean, Kim, help me out here. Like, if you had to say something to get people interested in it without spoiling it... What would you what would you say? Um, it's super quirky, very silly, but in a in a controlled kind of way. There's really great production design. I absolutely love the style of it. It's got this like sixties aesthetic and the music is dope. But yeah, it takes a turn and it gets pretty gross. Yeah, it's a killer <laughs> it, it's got a killer soundtrack. And it is, like you were saying, definitely the goriest movie of the festival, I'd think. Uh, yeah. In in a really interesting, fun, playful way. <laughs> yeah, no, this movie's this movie's great. It's uh, definitely not for the squeamish, but it's also hilarious. I guess TLDR of it is that you know sometimes bad dates are bad, but what if that bad date was the worst date in the world? Right? Uh, yeah. yeah, no, that's good. You had the best thing in your review where you were you were recommending it as a date night movie, and I think that's so perfect because it's horror, but it's adorable. It's one of the most adorable movies I've seen in a while, and I really 
just enjoy the the girl side of me, like the Julia Roberts watching uh, <laughs> girl in me was like, we need more rom horror. <laughs> but also the horror fan in you that wants to see body parts everywhere and and blood and guts and stuff. Oh, yeah, totally, totally into it. The whole the whole thing, the whole kit and caboodle. I was like, yeah, it's the whole package, baby. <laughs> and excitingly enough, this one has a release coming up very soon, right? Yeah, this is going to be hitting Hulu March 4th. So uh, as I... of release, that is the day. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That could change at any time, but you should be able to see it on Hulu March 4th, which I think is the earliest of all of the movies that we're going to be talking about. So that's the first one to look forward to uh, and definitely one of the biggest highlights lights from the festival for me I think but probably both of us right yeah yeah absolutely so that is fresh on Hulu March 4th also stars Sebastian Stan as as the antagonist as the bad date let's leave it at that <laughs> stars Sebastian Stan as the bad date you may know him from Destroyer by Karen Kasama but I think the rest of the world knows him as the Winter Soldier from all the Captain America movies whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> He's pretty good in this. He's got some serious uh, Ted Bundy vibes. Yeah. And we had to spend a really uh, embarrassing amount of time yesterday Googling what his eye color was for John's review, and I'm really <laughs> worried what Google thinks of us now. I mean, I wrote down baby blue eyes just because it sounded good. I don't... Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> you think this is going to mess up the algorithm? Yeah. It thinks we Sebastian Stan Stan. Okay. Well, the next movie to look forward to is coming April 1st. This is a theatrical release. It's from Focus Features. So, you know, probably still going to end up being a bit of a select theater situation, but more more distribution than you get for your average, your average uh, film festival movie. This one's called You Won't Be Alone. And this one is super artsy. And I I had a really hard time with it for the first 20 minutes or so because most of the dialogue is entirely from a narrator. And it's very flowery dialogue. Very poetic. Yeah, that's maybe a better way to describe it. It's, it's super poetic. And it's from the perspective of a person who doesn't have a strong grasp on language. Like it's a person. An identity. And I, it is a person who is lost, who doesn't know who they are, uh, who is very cut off from society. Who meets a witch who kind of shows her how to fucking just body snatch people. Yeah, so she's basically learning about life from a a Hans Christian Andersen witch. Yeah, it has that sort of foreign folklore horror where these these figures that you're familiar with in like American cinema, like witches and stuff, operate by completely different fucking rules. Um, so that that's that's a bit to to sort of like lock into at first as well. Something about witch spit was like very confusing for us, but became very clear, I guess, <laughs> time went on. Yeah, and these witches use a lot of intestines, which is new to me, but I'm into. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the lead character becomes several different people over the course of the movie. Uh, one of them is Numi Rapace, who from the girl with the dragon tattoo, like the original girl with the dragon tattoo. I didn't even know that. That's cool. Not what you would consider a traditional horror movie by any means. But I, I, I would say if you were a f- big fan of November when it came out in 2017, that black and white Estonian movie that you might you might enjoy, you might enjoy You Won't Be Alone as well. And uh, utterly tragic. Like, no matter. That is the fucking 
problem with all of these fairy tale fable movies from a land long ago it is no one's allowed to have a happy ending or or at least live melancholy is the best you can get man this movie just like tore my heart out at specific spots yeah we made a weird plan like oh we're gonna have a little, a little sundance date night and i had wine and chocolate so we watched this movie and i bawled my eyes out yeah because like time after time this character is becoming Coming new people and it just like does not work out well but like you you find moments of beauty right like the the like if this movie makes a really strong case for witchcraft and we should all just be witches and just so <laughs> we could all live several lives uh and and just you know get a broader perspective of humanity and see the beauty and the simplicity of things and yada 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 but like of course the fucking witch is gonna come by one day and pull the rug out from underneath you and ruin your life but i really like this movie <laughs> john are you i felt you i felt okay? a way about it <laughs> these fucking witches they're ruining everything <laughs> and I didn't lie. There are lots of intestines. There's tons of intestines in this movie. Goddamn. <laughs> and so, yeah, again, that one, that's a theatrical release, so keep an eye out for that. But I'm sure it'll also be hitting VOD and digital uh, shortly afterward. That's coming April 1st. It's called You Won't Be Alone. Later that month, uh, April 29th, actually, IFC Midnight is bringing you Hatching. This is another theatrical release, but it will be digital VOD the same day. So April 29th, wherever you feel like watching it, you'll be able to catch out this this little Finnish creature movie. This one's directed by Hannah Bergholm, and I hope I pronounced this name right. The Written by Ilja Ratusi. Um, those names might not mean much to you, but if for some reason you were checking out the shorts film program at Fantasia last year... Uh, surely to God, you watched Night of the Living Dicks, which was also written by Ilja Ratusi, and it's fucking nuts. I know we're not talking about that movie right now, but there's this short film out there that's black and white that instead of finding out there are people that are zombies, they just have dicks for heads. That's the fucking movie. <laughs> cool. And then we gotta figure out how to explode all these dicks. Cool, <laughs> it's like a cool, secret cool, society cool. of dickheads. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, this one's about a giant egg. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we're 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 in completely different territory here. This one's about a little girl who finds a egg from a wounded bird in the forest, and when she starts to take care of it in her in her bedroom, it fucking grows to the size of like a Volkswagen. Volkswagen egg. Yeah, the twenty twenty two model. Cadbury cream Volkswagen. This is this is a really this is a weirder uh, creature feature. I even kind of feel weird saying that. It's just kind of a movie that has a creature in it. It features a creature. It features a creature pretty prominently. <laughs> and the cool thing about the creature in this movie is that it changes. Like, once it hatches out of that egg, that's not its final form, um, which is kind of a bummer, because when it comes out of that egg, it's, like, really creepy looking. I will say, though, there's special effects throughout the entire movie, like practical special effects. And because the creature is evolving... The special effects have to evolve, which is any fans of uh, An American Werewolf in London will very much appreciate. Yeah, well, I've just missed how like how creepy, like primordial sort of like bird thing it looked like when it first came out. Yeah, and like the little tufts of fur, you're like, oh, little baby. Yeah, because it starts to get it starts <laughs> to get its feathers right. Uh, what its final form will shock you, but uh, <laughs> but it, you know it's also uh, it's also kind of just a story about dysfunctional families, right? 
And the mom in this movie is a real piece of work. Yeah, well, it's definitely like a uh, nature versus nurture effects of the mother on the child type of thing. You know, the the girl's hatching her own baby, and she's also being um, she's also a hatchling to another mother. Yeah, and she hates this thing that is a part of her. And surprise, surprise, mom feels the same way. (laughs) Yeah, it's not anything like the movie I'm about to recommend, but if you wanted to do a really weird double bill, you could watch it with Natalie Erica James's Relic from like two years ago, specifically for the final image. So like, beyond me saying, watch both these movies together, I can't tell you why. Like, the end of Relic, I think... Uh, plays in concert with the end of Hatching, but I'm not going to spoil both of those movies for you right here in the podcast. You're just going to have to watch it for yourself and let me know what you think. And that one hits VOD April 29th. Yeah, theatrical, digital, and VOD April 29th. Spring, it's kind of perfect for a oh, I didn't even think about for a that. bird movie. <laughs> you know, you know, they bought this like last last <laughs> summer, last early fall. They're like. We're gonna sit on this. We're gonna we're gonna incubate this egg a little. We're gonna wait for the right time to crack it open. This is an Easter boy. The uh, the last movie that we uh, not the last movie that we're talking about, but the last movie that we know for certain has distribution uh, is a Danish movie called Speak No Evil. Um, if you've been paying attention to any of the sort of online chatter from the Sundance Film Festival, this is definitely a movie that you've probably seen people talking about because it has a very shocking thing in it that it's gonna... <laughs> All of these movies are like, they have a thing! <laughs> yeah! I, <laughs> you uh, should watch it for the thing! If it was coming out this weekend, I'd probably talk about it a little more, but I don't want to spoil something that's like, hey, guess what? This movie that you're gonna have to wait ten months for, here's the shocking thing that's gonna surprise you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but Shutter bought this one. Um, they are, I assume, going to be putting it on their platform. I don't know if there's going to be any sort of select theater release. They do that occasionally with some of their movies. Uh, but they have said that it will be coming out, at least scheduled for release, later uh, this year. Late 2022, maybe. I don't know why I said that's so weird. Ooh. So 2022. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so probably maybe, maybe. oh man, this would be a great sort of Thanksgiving time oh, movie totally. in North America. Yeah. Yeah. So well, let's talk about it, what we can say. So it's it's a movie about a couple who meets another couple while on vacation. They both have young kids who kind of get on well. And when the vacation is over, they get a postcard from this couple inviting them to stay for the weekend at their house. Now, you know, they had a good time. They're still kind of strangers, but they got on well. And you know how hard it is when you when you like have kids and you know your friends might not have kids. I and, don't know how and hard being, that is. And being being an adult, it's it's hard to maintain those adult friendships. And when one walks along and it's it is easy and it goes smooth, even if it's only been a couple of days in Cabo or whatever, you got to hold on to those things. And you got to you got to go to their house even if they end up being really fucking weird. Yeah. Yeah, this was a horrible idea from the start. From the beginning, this is a bad idea. <laughs> like that little voice in the side of your head that's just like, I don't know. You don't know these people very well. Maybe don't go. Listen to that voice. That voice is what keeps you safe. You know that antisocial voice inside you who's like, but the pajamas <laughs> are better. That's the voice that you're supposed to ignore most of the time, but you should listen to when it comes to, ah, this is bad. This is bad advice in general. Be social if you want to be social, but like, Bring some... But read the room. (laughs) Read the room. If you show up and you're just like, I don't know, I kind of feel like that's how a serial killer would fold a blanket, just trust that voice. Get the fuck out. 
Don't become a blanket. So many horror movies are built on people being unable to jump that social grace hurdle. Don't you love it? Of like, (laughs) "Mm, this would be impolite, though. And you're like, you're afraid. It's okay to be impolite. You are afraid. Yeah. The the more you watch them, the more movies like this, just horror movies in general, tell you, be a jerk. Just just bail. (laughs) (laughs) Like, don't worry about social niceties and shit. Just be like, no, I'm good. I'm leaving (laughs) right now. Yeah. This one's definitely... Definitely paired well with movies like Get Out or uh, The Invitation. Those like bad vibe in your belly. Yeah, those bad vibe in your belly movies. This one definitely gives you bad vibes in your belly. And it's for the whole fucking movie. So strap in. Yeah, so once again, that one, that's coming out later this year. Keep an eye on Shudder. They're definitely going to, I assume, promote the hell out of it when it comes. uh, Because, yeah, it's... It's got a few things in there that are going to be what everybody's talking about. Um, and and the, the title of that one is Speak No Evil. Yeah, that was directed by Christian Taftrup. I, br- I bring that up mostly uh, just be- because at the the introduction for the movie at the Sundance Film Festival, he was just like, I was thinking about, like, I wanted to try and make a movie that everybody would hate. Like, <laughs> what, what could I do that would upset everyone? And and I think they I think mission accomplished they just based on how <laughs> they may have done it based on how everybody's talking about it online. So let's get into the thick of it. Let's get into the weeds, the movies that that uh, have not yet secured distribution that are probably still going to end up coming out this year. I would think just based on how the last two uh, festival seasons have gone. I don't know that you'll have to wait too long to see some of these, uh, especially Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead's new film, Something in the Dirt. This one is a little bit more of a sci-fi. Oh, like, big surprise. <laughs> yeah, surprise. The guys who make sci-fi movies made another sci-fi movie. And this one's purely pandemic sci-fi, so it's in true Benson and Moorhead fashion. They star in it, but they're also trapped inside. <laughs> yeah, they're the editors, directors, cinematographers. They're the the characters that you see on screen that have sort of experienced this really weird, unexplained phenomena inside one of their apartments, and they're trying to film it to show the world. That's That's the core of the movie. But what, what's really interesting about it is that it's very much like a haunted house story. Like, you know, the electronics are going crazy. Stuff's levitating in the house. There's weird lights everywhere. Um, but it's, it's approached from the perspective that ghosts aren't real. So, like, if you take that off the table, like, what is the scientific explanation for whatever the fuck this is? Um, and, and that's kind of the movie, is, is them trying to figure it out, them trying to find answers. Is Like, is it a gateway to another dimension? Are they making contact with aliens? Uh, is it like a fourth dimensional being that's there? Or them from the future trying to communicate with each other? They just fall down this, like, weird theoretical physics rabbit hole that kind of drives them both insane. Yeah, and there's some really fun, would you even call it, like, found footage almost it's multimedia in terms of its its layering and its delivery so you're seeing actual footage of them as children we're seeing real life almost like wikipedia informational bits you have fourth wall camera interviews it's it's got a lot of multimedia aspects to it which really enrich the experimental nature of the story yeah i i actually had a really hard time trying to explain that aspect of it in the review it like i really fucking struggled i was like i don't know i don't know how to explain this because you think you're watching a fictional movie uh, that then you find out is technically a documentary, and the bits that you've been watching leading up to that are just dramatic reenactments 
that are being dramatized by the people who actually experienced it. So it's this weird sort of unreliable narrator situation where rather than seeing documentary footage, you're seeing these guys recreating something that they say totally happened. You gotta believe us. Um, and and even there, it, it's 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 even more removed than that because at some point the project got taken away from them or they gave up on it and they handed it off to some other director and some other editor. And there's been so many hands on this thing that you no longer know what to believe it's kind of ingenious and it like kind of blows up the whole movie it's it's very experimental like you were saying but almost to a fault like i think it makes it a little harder to because i i I never i was never able to like understand the mystery of the movie and then also understand the mystery of the movie itself it almost retrospectively is kind of like the amityville horror in a sense okay in that it's based on a true story but then you're watching the fictional account of it but none of this is true so the based on the true story bit is the fic is the fiction of the story but then it's like a mockumentary on top of it it's it's very i need to watch it i need to watch it again (laughs) yeah it's hard to talk about if you haven't seen it it's kind of like but i mean how do you talk about the endless (laughs) yeah I, there know, are I, loops of time. I think we did an okay job. You know, like, <laughs> I, I think it's about movie making and, and stuff. And I think this is also kind of a movie about movie you making. You think every movie is about movie making? Yes, I do, baby. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I think I even think Martyrs is about the artistic process. Oh boy, <laughs> we'll get into that one day. I guess the last best like button to put on it is that like if you're a fan of Mark Danielowski's House of Leaves, that weird book that. Lots of other book nerds are obsessed with. Uh, it's a lot like that. It's probably the closest we're going to get to a House of Leaves adaptation. But we're still hoping. Yes. I, <laughs> every day. <laughs> like, I want to see that fucking movie so bad. There's not too much else in, in the way of like horror and genre stuff. We actually do have, still have a few thrillers we need to watch. Um, but we did catch a movie called Duel from Riley Stearns. Who, uh, who directed The Art of Self-Defense. This one stars Karen Gillum uh, and a s- surprise, small appearance from from Aaron Paul. Aaron Paul! From Breaking Bad, I'm sure you remember. This this one's kind of, kind of a science fiction as well. It's set like five minutes in the future where you can have yourself cloned uh, if you're dying or, or if you have died, your family can elect to have you cloned. The the lead character is given a terminal diagnosis. The the doctors tell her that she is going to die uh, within the year, basically. There's, of some sort of thing. Yeah, stomach thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, there's no cure. There's nothing you can do about it. Uh, except she makes a miraculous recovery. And her clone has filed a petition to stay. Which means that she now has to fight her clone in a duel to the death. On live television. <laughs> Such a great little button. You're like, yeah, by the way, set in America. <laughs> <laughs> this one's very much like your favorite Black Mirror episodes where it presents, you know, an entirely similar world with one weird little quirk. And this one is um, fighting your clone. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is 100% an hour and a half long Black Mirror episode. And I mean that in the best possible way. Uh, super fun, but totally made me scared of the future. Not going to lie. Uh, we should not have this technology. <laughs> we don't know what to do with it. It's going to make life very fucking awful. Uh, we also saw a movie called Master, written and directed by Miriam Diallo. 
This one actually stars Regina Hall, who uh, you might remember from the scary movie movies. <laughs> um, she's in a ton of funny shit. And this is a super serious role for yeah, her. Yeah, very dry for her. And she she does a really great job. She's all, she's the best part of this whole movie. Yeah, with the drama of this movie. Because she really carries a lot of the emotion of it. Especially because it's, it's uh, a multiple narrator movie. So it juggles between a new student and a professor seeking tenure. And then... Uh, Regina Hall's character, which is a new master, and they're all African-American women, so it's their experience in this prestigious, predominantly white university. Yeah, I don't necessarily think the horror elements of this are incredibly strong, unfortunately. Yeah, and unfortunately, they're surprisingly front-heavy. Um, yeah, like they they introduce a there's great some really ghost cool story. stuff at the very uh, at the very top of the film, and you're like, woo, we're settling in for some real spooks, and then horror kind of takes a back seat for the moral message. Yeah, huge bummer. Sim- similar to this other movie we watched actually just this morning. This one's uh, written and directed by Nikiatu Jusu. This uh, this movie's called Nanny. Uh, it's about a woman who comes. It's about a woman who emigrates from Senegal to America. She's based in New York. She's trying to set up. Uh, a life for herself, uh, get established, and make enough money to get an apartment and bring her son over. Her son is staying back home with a cousin of hers uh, while she is, takes care of some rich family's daughter. Honestly, I almost think putting this movie in the horror category undersells how good of a drama it is. Mm-hmm. I, I, If you watch it just as a drama that's got like some occasional dark stuff that it deals with, I thought it was awesome. Like, it's like a, a great pilot for a new HBO Max series. But as a horror movie, it's uh, it's not enough. Yeah, it definitely ends on an exclamation mark. But in a horror film, you have the exclamation mark and then you have some kind of final showdown or some denouement or some some sort of ending. Yeah, it's, it's horror elements are just kind of like, like, rather than being scares, they're just like moments where something's not right here. Like an unsettling feeling about this hallway. Yeah, I will say though that the visuals are friggin' dope, and the the entire like cinematography and color palette of the movie is fantastic. There's a lot of really great lighting. Oh yeah, and some really spooky sequences. And normally in these types of movies where they're more drama and they use kind of horror, the horror is very sparing visually. And I will say that Nanny goes there with some of the stuff like there's some pretty cool dreamlike spooky shit that would otherwise be dialed down and it, if it was in anybody more horror versus hands and so once again that one's called nanny uh the last movie that we have to talk about here on the podcast today is a little movie called piggy we actually just watched this last night it's a spanish movie uh for some reason shot in like four by three i think i don't know it's a big old square uh <laughs> Aspect ratio nerds, get back to me when you get a chance to see this one. Four by three? Four I by love three? that. Uh, if we ever release a DVD, <laughs> <laughs> the specs on the back, like, oh, this is a rectangle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, this is that skinny rectangle. This one fits on your TV. This one's a big old square. <laughs> <laughs> Those black bars are supposed to be there. I don't know why. Artistic choice. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah. See, that's, yeah, totally. Um, but story-wise, it's about a, it's about a girl. God damn it, man. This fucking girl, she... I feel so bad for her. She has no one in her life that has anything nice to say about her. 
it's so fucking hard. She's bullied by literally everybody. Her yeah, friends. Her friends. Her mom is rough on her. Strangers. Her... <sighs> oh, my God. There are, there are some just traumatizing bits in this movie of people just being absolutely cruel to this girl for no reason whatsoever. It's it's a rough one. Um, And it's. Oh, it's so conflicting, and that's I think that's the whole point of the movie is the the conflicting emotions between our want for revenge for Sarah, the lead character, yeah, and also us also wanting her to be a good person, <laughs> yeah, because after some old friends of hers bully her mercilessly at the at the local pool, like they almost kill her, like they almost drown her, uh, she witnesses them being brutally kidnapped by a strange dude who has been who's responsible for a string of murders in the area the only thing is he is the only person in her life who has shown her an ounce of kindness so she's put in a really tough spot because this is the one person who hasn't spit on her who hasn't called her fat i'm sorry our dogs are screaming in the background right now (laughs) they're like you said a half an hour (laughs) <laughs> How dare you go over time? <laughs> I, so yeah, a, lo- a lot of it is the struggle of Sarah trying to uh, trying to uh, rationalize, trying to figure out what the fuck to do, uh, because obviously all of her mom's friends are worried about where their daughters are. She's the only person that knows anything that's happened, but she also is maybe in love <laughs> with this murderer. Yeah, it's super complicated. This one was a really great watch. It's an emotional roller coaster, so strap in for this one because you'll have some very conflicting feelings uh, on behalf of the character, for the character, and oh, about everyone in her in her life. Oh, man. It's, it's rough. Definitely one of my favorites of the festival. Uh, did you have a personal favorite? Ooh, I think right now I am tied between uh, You Won't Be Alone and Speak No Evil. They are two movies that very much frustrated me but in in a good way <laughs> I'm, I'm torn between you won't be alone and fresh like those are the two movies that i'm that i yeah oh I, and fresh is dope too there there were some really great ones i i think i need to stew on them more i'm gonna rewatch them again at release and oh we'll, yeah we'll see if any of them make the end of year list oh my god i can't believe this happened that's not even true. I think I know what my absolute favorite movie of the festival is. It's a movie we forgot to talk about. I'm so happy I remember before we go. What? Chloe Acuno's Watcher. Right under the wire. Holy shit. Almost forgot. I love this movie. Definitely more of a thriller. Stars Micah Monroe. Uh, she's in Romania with her husband. She doesn't know the language, and there's some guy stalking her. Everywhere she looks, there's this dude following her around at the grocery store, down in the subway tracks. He's in the building across the street from her, staring at her all fucking night. Um, But what I really, really like about this movie is that its scares are more sort of like anxiety-based. They're pretty much nightmare sequences. There's a scene where she's in a movie theater and somebody just comes in and sits behind her, like right fucking behind her. And it's like an empty theater. Yeah, right? (laughs) craziest fucking thing a person can do urinal rules guys urinal rule <laughs> but like how she looks around and what she sees and like just like the the, the fear just like boiling inside her during that the, it's it's all shot like a brian de palma nightmare sequence like it had dna of dress to be kill all over it dress to kill yeah is that what i said i think he's a dress to be kill like um it's fit to be square <laughs> 
No, 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 I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure he lets her rewind the tape. Yeah, dressed to be, dressed to kill. Yeah. <laughs> we actually are taping this though, so <laughs> you can't. Lie. I'll figure it out in post. <laughs> it's fine. Here, wait. Everybody, just silence for one second. Dressed to kill. There. See, I chopped it in. <laughs> I just isolated that audio, put it back in. None the wiser. I fucking love this movie. It is very much a thriller through and through. Uh, You wouldn't necessarily call it a horror, but it's scary beats where Micah Monroe is sort of cornered by somebody are straight out of a fucking horror movie. Well, in the same sense that Alfred Hitchcock movies are thrillers. Yo, girl, there's, there is, there is. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. There's a reason she goes to see an Alfred Hitchcock movie. Don't yell at me. You're right on the money is what I'm saying. I love this movie. I can't believe we almost forgot about it. It's on the top of my list. It's tied up there with You Won't Be Alone and Fresh. Uh, the Watcher, you know, no, not necessarily sure when this one's coming out either, but um, but keep an eye out for it. I really enjoyed it. The villain in it, he's he's not in it a whole lot, but he does a great fucking job. There's a shot that we're going to be making, a, that there's going to be gifs of all over the internet oh, as soon yeah. as this comes out. Yeah, cannot wait to talk about the ending of this movie a little more openly. But, uh, but yeah, that's that's re- co-written and directed by Chloe Acuno, who, if you don't remember, directed the Rotma segment of VHS 94, baby. Did you say Rotma? Rotma! <laughs> Are you going to fix that in post? You don't remember the cult of Rotma? Ratma. Ratma, Rotma. Rat. Let me worship my god how I want. <laughs> Rotma. But those are just our highlights from the Sundance Film Festival. It has been a genre-filled week. I'm excited to take a break from my television. Maybe go outside and get some fresh air. Well, joke's on you. We still have more movies to watch. I got a thriller, I got oh. a crime movie with Aubrey Plaza called Emily the Criminal that I'm looking forward to, Ooh. and a uh, and a thriller with Rebecca Hall, and I think Tim Roth has an appearance in it, and we have to watch today before it expires from our library. Oh, all right then. Yeah, so who knows? We might have a few more to add to this list uh, come next week in our What's Keeping Us Creepy segment. Thank you so much for joining us for our horror genre roundup of the Sundance 2022 Film Festival. Yeah, we'll be back at you guys next week with another double feature. We've got another really gross one lined up for you. We're talking about superior sequels. We're talking specifically about movies that we think are better than the original movie. We're laying some claims out next week. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a doozy. I'm ready to fight. <laughs> with me? No, I'm ready to fight with anybody who wants to tell me that the original is better than these sequels. Uh, and, you know, we won't be talking about it specifically, but as an example, Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, better than the original. You're going to get us fired. And for good reason. From a show even that I don't we created. <laughs> But I mean, hey, hit us up on Twitter at NOFS Podcast or in the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at nofspodcast.com slash Discord. Let us know what you think we're talking about next week on the podcast. Which sequels do you think are better than the original? But until next time, I'm Kim. I'm John. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends.
We now return you to the music of Ramon Raquello playing for you in the Meridian Room of the Park Plaza Hotel situated in downtown New York. 